0: Welcome to the Entertainment Rants Podcast, your number one opinion source for all things entertainment. Join host Marco Mazzola as he sounds off on the latest movies, TV, music, gaming, comic books, and more. Now, here's the man of the hour, Marco Mazzola. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Entertainment Rants Podcast. I'm your host, Marco Mazzola, and today we have a special guest with us. Say hello. Hello.
1: Hey guys, how's it going?
0: This is Sam. Sam is my sister-in-law, and she's um, probably one of the biggest Harry Potter fans I know. So obviously today, we're going to be talking about all things Harry Potter. She has warned me she's going to have some pretty unpopular opinions. All right, so get seated for that. All right, don't
1: come for us, okay? Don't (laughs) cancel us.
0: (laughs) Exactly right. And there will be, of course, a lot of spoilers, so if you haven't seen the Harry Potter franchise by now... You're out of luck. Go watch it. I don't know where you've been. Make sure you go watch it. Go read the books. Go watch the movies. As It's too late. Spoilers are coming. All right? So let's get into it. What would you like to say, Sam?
1: All right. So, guys, don't cancel us. Um, I've got a lot of unpopular opinions, especially surrounding Dumbledore. So any um, Dumbledore diehards or... Yeah, even some Molly Weasley diehards might not like what I have to say.
0: That's okay. That's what this podcast is about. It's about our passions. It's about our opinions. Your opinions matter. You're a Harry Potter fan from the jump, so we know you're going to have true opinions. They are yours, and that's okay. That's what this is all about. So let's jump into it. All right. so first off, uh, and I have a list of questions for you today, how did you get into Harry Potter? What was your way in? How did you get in?
1: So I am, and now this is going to date me a little bit, but I was old enough to be a kid when the books came out. So yeah, that means I'm like, I'm like Emma Watson, Daniel Radcliffe, Daniel Radcliffe era age. I'm going to be 32, so I was young enough that when the books came out, they were made for me. So it was very easy to get into it. Um and I remember like struggling through the first couple chapters being like is anything really going to happen to this kid? Like right now I feel like I'm just reading about an abused boy. Like what is happening? And then all of a sudden like oh my god, he made a snake in the first book come out of the zoo and locked his cousin in, and locked his cousin in the glass like python enclosure. That's amazing. So like that was my vehicle in
0: Gotcha, and so so you would say the books were your way in first, not the yes. movies, right? Books, Sorry. totally.
1: I'm a hundred percent team books. I think that the movies were a great idea, especially when they made the first one. I think the first one is the closest that they were gonna get because that is the shortest book, um, so they had the least amount to squeeze into a film. But once you got further and further down the line, they kept missing all of these plot points and all of these things that were just integral. To the books to stay true to the characters, and I just think that they really lost something. Like once they started the first one, they were like, shit, she has how many books? Oh, okay, we signed up we signed up for the long haul for this thing, but like after really like the second or third movie, they sucked.
0: Gotcha. <laughs> Alright, there you go. We're definitely gonna get and sort of pick apart movie by movie as we do this. But so the books were your way in. Did you read them by yourself? Did somebody tell you about them?
1: So, I definitely read them by myself. I was still at, like, at the age where, like, I still liked it when my mom read, to me, read me stories. And my mom always did a really good job of doing the voices. Um, oh, so your mom read them? My mom started off reading them with me. Um, and so she would, like, st- start doing some of the voices. And then I was just kind of like, okay, you can go away now. This is good enough. I don't need you. <laughs> I don't need you to participate. I just want to read them myself. Um, And I mean, my mom grew up, she's a reading specialist. She likes to read, she likes books. Books were very important in my house, still are. Mm -hmm. Uh, You need to read if you are a part of my household. So that was it. It was read or I'm gonna read to you. (laughs) Read or (laughs) I'm gonna force you to like books.
0: Gotcha, I like that. I like that, we definitely try to instill that in my son as well, excellent. All right, so what was your favorite book and why?
1: Okay, so my favorite book was probably the sixth book. And that is because right around the time that it came out, I was going through, like, you know, a lot of teenage angst. It was, like, it was the very emo, like, early 2000s, like, early mid-2000s. And I just could not get over the fact that Dumbledore died that way. Right. And it became sort of, like, my favorite.
0: Gotcha. Just for
1: that reason alone. And this was before I actually, like, became an adult, started working, and then started thinking more deeply about the books and, like, Mm -hmm. what they represented, and then thinking, like, wait, maybe Dumbledore's kind of (laughs) shit.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, (laughs) But the sixth one was definitely my favorite book.
0: And that one is Half Blood Prince. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Just making sure. I just want to make sure I got the order down. So we're referencing different names and things like that. It's always important so people that know which one we're talking about. Obviously, true Harry Potter fans will know exactly what you're talking about just by saying the sixth book, but not everybody will. Excellent. All right. So um, I think you kind of already answered this question, but I just want to get more of your take on it. You prefer the books to the movies?
1: Yes. I like the I like the movies. Don't get me wrong. I don't hate them. I, will, I won't not watch them, I think they're fabulous. Um, Harry Potter, the first one, Sorcerer's Stone is one of my favorite Christmas movies just because of the Christmas scenes. Yeah. Um, I love Maggie Smith as Minerva McGonagall, oh my God, I love that woman, she's amazing. Julie Waters as uh, Mrs. Weasley, Emma Watson, huge Emma Watson stan mm-hmm. as Hermione Granger, can do no wrong, however, do I feel like maybe they should have made Hermione black? I think so. Like given Was she her, she meant
0: to th- be in
1: the books. I th- don't, it matters, I don't just, just know, but like just given her description of the fact that like she has super curly hair and it comes alive when she gets mad and it shoots sparks throughout her coils and her hair is like quote unquote alive. I just think that it would have been such. But they a, never
0: use that in the movies. Like they never
1: use that. that in the movies, yeah. but I think that for little black girls. It would have been really powerful.
0: Absolutely it would have been.
1: And I think it was a really big missed opportunity.
0: Yeah, I don't think there was enough representation. No. From my personal point of view. There's because there
1: was there was Dean Thomas and Blaze Ambini and the Patel twins and that was it. And yeah, Cho Chang.
0: exactly. Exactly. There was definitely not enough representation.
1: Like, if I point. can count on my hand the number of people of color that you have as, like, sort of secondary characters, not even main characters, that's some BS.
0: Yeah, Exactly. There wasn't even the same like you said they definitely should have been more in the main characters I agree fully absolutely alright so um, oh there's a kind of more of a personal question which house do you belong to
1: okay so I'm also making some um, some villain hands while I'm doing this <laughs> what house do you think I belong to oh
0: definitely Slytherin because I know you I, <laughs> <laughs> I know Slytherin I, I've got you Slytherin's stuff Right? I think you have a Slytherin robe, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Somebody might have got you for Christmas.
1: Yes, yes, I do. Um,
0: Hashtag me undies. Awesome, awesome wear. Great robes, great underwear, great socks.
1: Just great loungewear.
0: Yes, the loungewear is awesome. Underrated loungewear. It is, it is. I I have a bunch of it myself. I have a couple of Grogu's and some different things. I do, I do.
1: But yes, so I am House Slytherin with very close Gryffindor tendencies, so I am a Slytherin. As they like to say, you have a you have your first house and then you have a secondary house. Gotcha. Okay. Um, it kind of had my mind blown when I took the Pottermore quiz and I found out I was Slytherin because I was very sure that I was a Gryffindor. Yeah. Like, I wanted to be a Gryffindor. Right, I think
0: everybody wants to be the Gryffindor, right? And for the most part, I think that's the most popular opinion.
1: Well, yeah, that's but... That's where
0: most of the heroes, then, if you will, if you have that kind of idealist, you want to be the hero. You, okay, you but let's think
1: about this. This book was written for Gryffindors. The perspective and the way that we look in the ca- look at the characters is through the lens of Harry, Hermione, m- heavily skewed by Dumbledore. Mm-hmm. They're all Gryffindors,
0: right? All your heroes. Are all Gryffindor, your heroes are
1: Gryffindors. So, like, of course, the other houses are going to look a little bit shit.
0: Was Neville Gryffindor? Or yeah, or huge, but like, like,
1: everybody made fun of him.
0: Right, but still, one of the most popular, one of the most um, iconic, and one of the sort of like uh, the one that broke out and became a big hero. In yes, the series he, that nobody expected.
1: Nobody expected it, but they also treated Neville terribly.
0: Oh yeah. He was definitely the redhead stepchild in Oh he whole, was. The whole he series. got he was yeah, the red-headed was stepchild that
1: got beat. Yeah. Um I mean f- his friends petrified him and shoved him under a couch. Yeah. In the first book. Yeah. Like, that's not cool. There's
0: a lot of hazing going on at this school. A lot school. of
1: hazing going on at this school.
0: Absolutely. All right, so then who would be your favorite character? Let's go deep now. We, All right. some okay. obvious so answers. So are we
1: talking about favorite character when I was younger or favorite character when I was older? Because they have definitely changed.
0: So let's do both because I actually have that as part of our questions as to like the older self versus the now, what your differences are. So let's do that with the favorite character. Who was your favorite okay. character when you were younger?
1: When I was younger, 100% Hermione Stan. Sure. Um, I still love Hermione she is still my she is still like she holds a special place in my heart especially with how three-dimensional her character is because Hermione's got a vindictive streak that I really identified with as being a smart girl who didn't feel like um, people were listening to her I definitely felt like I identified with Hermione I was like no I can do this I can I've got this and if you cross me or you cross people I love I'll cut you
0: Gotcha.
1: All right, good to know. Thanks, Coco. (laughs) Um, Yes, so, and I love Minerva McGonagall, but as I got older, I have a real appreciation for Severus Snape. He holds a very special place in my heart. Um, It wasn't until I started working with, um, so full disclosure, a little bit into my background, I work with the public. I work with the public. Um, I originally started my career off working with um, you kids work in food and teens. Services, well, instead. I work in food services now, but I worked with kids and teens ages 11 to 22 with severe trauma and mental illness. Right. And when I started doing that job, I started, I kept rereading Harry Potter and I found this appreci- appreciation for Severus Snape and for all of the trauma and all of the things that he went through to sort of like develop into who he is today and who we see mm-hmm. in the books because. Who we see in the books was very, very formed by all of these like early childhood trauma and experiences, and I don't know. I think he gets a really bad rap, and I was one of those people who thought he was total villain right. and who wrote him off, sure. and who was mad at him. I mean,
0: you, you kind of see that way on the interview yeah. when you go into the books, and, and obviously the movies as well. That's what he's made out to be. You know, his redemption doesn't come to us until the end.
1: Yeah, and so you like
0: spend that entire first, you know, six, seven books.
1: Hating him. Hating him,
0: sure. Because he's meant to be hated. He's he's a quote unquote the villain. He's helping them he, you know, he's helping out Which Baltimore. is why
1: he's the master Slytherin, because you only see what he wants you to see. Right. So, shout out Sev. You got it. Shout out Alan Rickman. Yeah. Peace. Peace. Unbelievable. All right, peace.
0: Unbelievable. Alright, excellent. So, um which character would you say? Maybe grew on you over time. Maybe they weren't your favorite, other than Severus. But you know, maybe you didn't even like them. And is there another character that kind of grew on you, and they're they're good now?
1: Other than Severus, I mean, I used to really like the Marauders, and the more time I think about Sirius, the more I dislike him.
0: So you're going the opposite. I'm going the opposite way. Like, That's good. I, I like I'm that.
1: going the opposite way. I started off really, really liking them, also really liking Ron. And as they thought more and more about Ron, what the hell, man? You left your friends in the middle of the woods, in the middle of, like, they're undesirable number one and number two. That's terrible. Yeah. What the hell?
0: <laughs> yep, absolutely. All right, so Ron's on the crap list. Got it. Awesome.
1: Ron's on the shit list.
0: Fantastic. All right, so we love the books better. I think you told me which one your favorite movie was, right? We already first covered, one. Yep, the first one. You covered that. Um... Any parts of the stories you just didn't like where there's sort of storylines or parts that just, like, that could have been left out or why the hell would that, that character wouldn't do that, which happens sometimes?
1: Um, are we talking about book or movie? Well,
0: let's start with books since those are your
1: favorites. Um, okay, so we're, like, I've got some real issues with the fourth book, mostly just because if Dumbledore is sort of this all-seeing guy, wouldn't he have known Moody wasn't Moody? For Christ's sakes, the man's yeah, walking around the doing sure. the right for Christ's sakes, the man the man is walking around going yeah. slurping
0: yeah.
1: as Alistair Moody. This guy was your friend. You fought in wars with this man. And he never
0: did that. He so never did that. And all of ever. a sudden he never had that tick. He
1: never had, had that tick. And all of a sudden you're saying, like, Oh, the war's changed Alistair. It's like, Are you kidding me?
0: You would have known that.
1: You would have known. So if we're going from the if then we think, okay, then Dumbledore knew that then everything that we are putting Harry through and all of these quote-unquote trials, they're not trials, they're actually experiments. Yeah. They're experiments to make sure that Harry is this brainwashed little thing that will sacrifice himself at the end because ultimately you know that he's a horcrux. Right. And that sucks. When you go from reading these books and you think that Albus Dumbledore is this god of a human, he is the end-all, be-all, he is this grandfather figure, father figure to Harry, mentor, general, like, good person, this person of the light. But really, nah, he kind of a snake. Yeah. And it's all for this greater good. Yeah. Because if it doesn't serve Albus's greater good, who cares? And
0: he's not going to tell anybody because if he did that, then they're not going to do it. Exactly. <laughs> he's not going to tell you the truth he's not going to do it if I do.
1: Well, exactly. Like, in the fifth book, we keep Sirius locked up in a house. We kept him so isolated that once Harry gets into trouble, because you know once June comes, Harry's getting into it. You know Voldemort's gonna trick him. Why did you ever think ocul. O- oculmency lessons with Severus Snape were gonna work? They weren't gonna work. You should have taught Hermione how to do it, and then she could have taught Harry, because she seems to be the only one Harry sort of semi listened to. That's, if you really wanted it to work, that's how you should have attacked it. No, it seems to me that like Dumbledore knew it wasn't gonna work. He knew locking Sirius up in a house and making him feel useless was gonna make him like wanna rush out into danger and uh, oh look it, they're in the Department of Mysteries. Sirius rushes off and gets killed by Bellatrix. Also, Bellatrix, really, babe, you couldn't have picked up a hairbrush. Just no, because no. you're crazy on the inside doesn't mean you need doesn't mean you need to be crazy on the outside. Shout out okay. to sh-
0: Gives yourself away.
1: Yeah, shout out to Chanel Williams. If any of you haven't checked her out, she's amazing Potter parodies. I highly recommend them. But yeah, so Dumbledore. If we go further into Dumbledore, starting off, you know, you're McGonagall, you're filling out these letters. Albus, why is this one addressed to Harry Potter under the stair cupboard under the stairs. Like, I get it. Harry had to stay. With, his, with the Dursleys because of the blood protection that Lily provided him, mm. right? Okay, that's great. But you're telling me once he's introduced to the wizarding world, we couldn't have come up with a better solution so the kid didn't have to go back to an abusive situation? Right. Nah, we're raising him like a pig for the slaughter. Yeah. I just, ooh, Dumbledore, like, looking back but on is it. But that
0: a way to keep him?
1: But it's a way to keep so Harry in line. Right. It's a way to keep him subservient. It's a way to keep him sort of like looking up to albus as sort of like this god because he's the only real tether to the wizarding world that he has up until that point if he keeps him isolated and separated of course he's going to do what dumbledore wants
0: but there's that mindset of like you send him home to this every summer essentially and then save him in september exactly and <laughs> then like you bring him and back, like, oh, bring him
1: back in september
0: and he never picks up on that like harry never yeah, was like no well, stop sending me there Exactly. Thank you for saving me, but, like, that's it. Stop sending me back.
1: You're also telling me Harry couldn't have lived at the school? Sure. Like, don't the, like... It doesn't empty out
0: completely. It doesn't empty out completely.
1: You're telling me an army full of house elves isn't going to protect the boy wonder?
0: Right. Or just find him somewhere else to live. Yeah. I mean, whether it's with Ron's family or something. Absolutely. You do want to stop sending him back to the abuse of people at some point.
1: Or couldn't you have send him off with Hermione's family, the dentists? Yeah. Like, literally? You're telling me Mr. and Mrs. Granger wouldn't have just been like, cool, come live with us. Yeah. Also, no one thought that Hermione's parents would be in danger to the point where a 16, 17-year-old girl thought that she had to obliviate her own parents and remove their memories of her and send them off to a foreign country? Like... Wow, shows you really don't give a crap about anybody else, but, like, keeping Harry pliant, Dumbledore.
0: Yes, absolutely. So would you say he's your least favorite character?
1: No, Voldemort's still my least favorite character, because the man's running around without nose and without shoes on.
0: (laughs) Okay, so visually, he's your least favorite character. (laughs) Is there a character in the the series that is, I think, maybe useless or, you know, superfluous to you that you don't necessarily need? Like, there's a character we don't need in this book. They don't really serve any purpose.
1: No, I like them
0: all. You like them all? Good, like that's okay. All. That's all right. That's no, awesome. I like them all. All right, great. All right, so this is some more internal stuff. Where would you see yourself in the story? Where could? Where would Sam fit into this story?
1: Ooh, that's a good one. Because we've already established that I am not... So let's follow this logically. We've already established I'm not a Gryffindor, right? So I definitely wouldn't have been running around with Harry, Ron, and Hermione. Like, that's just, that's a no-go. Mm-hmm. So who else were other Slytherins at the time? Ooh, that's bleak. All right, let's 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 keep following this through. That means I've got, my contemporaries are Draco, Pansy, big uck, uh, Crab and Goyle, double uck. Um, Blaze, eh, yeah, not so bad. Theodore, not.
0: Are we going on looks here or personalities? No, just bold? like
1: person, like just basic Shelly. personalities. Like gotcha. So, in the fifth book, if any of you don't know, they kick Dumbledore out. They find out Fudge, Fudge, Min- Minister Fudge finds out about Dumbledore's army. He's got this crazy plan in his head that Dumbledore's trying to come for his ministerial seat, which Dumbledore doesn't want. Um, you've got Umbridge, who is installed as the High Inquisitor, and she basically sends out this little like sort of hit squad of Slytherins who run around getting other houses in trouble, and then they have to serve detention and write with blood quills. And the blood quills, whatever you write with them, it inks it on your opposite hand. So they're, you're basically, you're mutilating children.
0: Yeah.
1: And she roped all the Slytherins into this. So like, that's more of where I get the ich from. Like, you're really like, she's torturing people and you don't care
0: deep-seated stuff in some of these books. Yeah, like, you're, it she's, seems like it goes beyond, like, a kid's book or a pre-teen book.
1: There's stuff that, as a teen, you don't necessarily pick up on, and then you read them as an adult, and you're like, holy crap, she's using the other kids to abuse other kids. Yeah. Damn, that's twisted. <laughs> it's
0: pretty twisted, yeah. I, I am glad
1: that. Hermione sent her, out, sent her out to the centaurs to be, like, to be beaten up.
0: Yeah, definitely. All right, so, what wizarding career would you want to pursue, if you lived in that world?
1: Oh, I think Cursebreaker would be really cool. Like what Bill and Fleur do. So they basically travel around the world for Gringotts, and they get to experiment down in sort of like the bowels of some... I think Bill and Fleur were in Egypt for a little while, in the pyramids. And they get to, like, sort of experiment with magic and break curses. Or I think I'd want to work in the Department of Mysteries. Get to walk around, be completely and totally mysterious, not be able to talk about what you do, Mm -hmm. play with a bunch of fun stuff like time. That sounds like fun.
0: That does sound like fun. I think you're right. Absolutely. All right. So you're on the Quidditch team. Which position are you?
1: Oh, I'm definitely a beater. I'm taking them out. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I've known you long enough. I would agree with that. Yeah. That was kind of a gimme. That that was a gimme question.
1: (laughs) Where do you see yourself on the Quidditch team, Marco?
0: Um, Probably, you know, handing out the water bottles. Just, you know, towel boy. Make sure everybody's everybody's good. Make sure everybody's taken care of. Are you
1: hydrated? Have you had enough water? (laughs) Have you
0: had enough H2O? Yeah, that would be me. (laughs) I was never a team sport person. I studied martial arts since I was eight years old. It's a very solo activity. Even though you're doing things with other people and you rely on other people to help you and you have to work on other people and do self-defense and that sort of stuff. But you pass and fail based on the effort you put into it. So you're not like missing a goal and the whole team staring at you like, hey, asshole, we just lost the tournament because you didn't score that goal, right? So there was none of that. If I pass a test, I pass the test. If somebody fails the test, they failed their test. So that's why I, I gravitated, toward, gravitated towards martial arts, where my brother was all teams all the time. That's all he did was all he was captain of every team he played on. So it was very different. So, yeah, no, I would definitely be handing out the water bottles and towels and things, <laughs> things like that. Make sure, make sure the team was all well set. Um, I'm equipment guy. So that's me on the team. But, you know, hey, I'm helping.
1: Well, right? exactly. You're helping. You're not hurting.
0: That's right. I'm helping the team. Awesome. All right. So which magical item would you like to own? You Ooh, only get one. That's you get a good hard.
1: <laughs> mm. Time Turner.
0: Your sister said the same thing.
1: Yep. Well, we are the same person, just born 11 years apart, so yep. kind of tracks. Initially, I was thinking the Elder Wand, but that had so much bad juju associated with it. I don't juju. want that karma coming at me. Yep. I feel like if I'm gonna mess something up, I wanna mess it up because I mucked with time, not because I decided to take a really powerful object and then someone saw it and tried to stab me in the back with it. No, thank you.
0: Gotcha. I'm more of a cloak of invisibility person.
1: Yeah, um, you like to fly under the radar. I do like
0: to fly under the radar, as you know. As sometimes my personality can be big, and I teach all the time, and I'm always in front of everybody. But I am in front of people all day, every day, yep. you know, that type of thing. So sometimes it's nice to just kind of like, oh, I want to hide over here, and nobody can see me, and I can, just, all right, that's what they're doing. I can watch them, but not in a weird way. Just like, all right, I'm all by myself. I can read a book in the corner and not have to worry about everybody like, looking for me, Ooh. asking me questions. <laughs> what do you need?
1: I think it's also that like you are. You run your martial arts business, so there is... You are Shihan. Like, people are always coming after you asking for things. So, like, if you're not there giving direction, like, yes, you have helpers, but, like... They have
0: wonderful helpers.
1: Wonderful helpers. Amazing. But the buck stops with you, so... Wow. If somebody wants something or someone has a question, oh, i got to check with Shihan. Yeah. Where is Shihan? Where is Shihan?
0: It is. And like, we're working to change that. The yeah. team is amazing. We're working to build the team more so that, you know, at some point I can take a day off and not have to work eight days a week and actually spend some time with my son. Um, so that's what we're working towards. But it's still, we're not there yet. So it is still, you know, when something happens, somebody will have to come to me to find out what they need. So there's a lot of that. So, yeah, I think the cloak would be nicer. <laughs> yeah. I just kind of throw it up over my head and, yeah, I'm not here anymore. I'm not he- here. He's gone. So that would be awesome, that would be my item. All right, let's talk mythical creatures. Which one would you like to own, which one would you like to have, take care of, whatever you wanna call it?
1: Oh, so that's hard, cause I love Fox, Fox is a phoenix. I also love Buckbeak, Buckbeak is a hippogriff. Also wouldn't mind a dragon, but I feel like the dragon would eat me, so that's probably Not how... if you could've taken care of it. I mean, I don't know, Norbert was gonna get really big. And Hagrid didn't think through that he lives in a wooden hut. Like fires and wooden <laughs> huts don't necessarily mix, Hagrid. Yeah,
0: exactly right. Just like an elf when they talked about the Keebler elves in the in the tree and yeah. the dried out oak tree is on fire. <laughs> <laughs> you have wood burning stoves cooking making cookies in a dried out oak tree.
1: Um, I am not good enough to own a unicorn, nor do I think I would ever want to. They well, are surely not with that attitude. No. No, unicorns are meant to be free and run with their packs, but they're really pretty.
0: Yes, that is true.
1: Yeah, I definitely think if I could get a hippogriff to respect me, then I think that that would be really cool because then I could fly around on it. Gotcha.
0: I like that. And zoom
1: zoom around and not have to sit in traffic. Flying is like the number
0: one, right? I think flying is probably one of those, if you had a superpower, if you will, I think one of the most common answers would be flying. So having an animal that you could fly on
1: Yeah, but if you're in the wizarding world, you can just apparate everywhere. Sure. If you're above 17, people, don't try doing it below. The Ministry of Magic, for the misuse of underage magic, will come and get you. They will
0: come and find you. Fantastic. All right, Um, so we kind of talked about it, but I want to go in more depth of how you see the series differently now as an adult versus when you were a kid reading and even watching the movies
1: as a kid and growing up and having the sort of really unique experience of being able to be the same age as Harry when he's going through most of these things at the start um, because she did sort of fall off the like once a year book release as they got bigger and bigger um, as the series went further along but at the start being the same age as Harry when the first book dropped it gave it was like I was Harry I mean, I know that's always the intention with a book like this, but just being that age and just being that, like, egotistical, like, preteen, teenager, like, of course Harry would have this responsibility, and of course the adults aren't listening. Of course they need to go fix it themselves. Now, looking back on it, I'm like, why didn't you tell McGonagall she would have (laughs) helped? You idiots!
0: There's a lot of that in books and movies. I feel like there's a lot of that, like easy answer, So they're not gonna write it. Like if somebody just spoke up and said something, oh yeah, things would go down very differently, right? I, I always harken it back to the uh, the show Lost, oh. where there the people that like they they talk to each other all the time. They're sitting on a beach, but they all kind of go off and do these little adventures, and like bad shit happens, and nobody comes back and says, hey, guess what I saw. And then somebody else goes and falls for the same thing because nobody said anything. So all this kind of things go on with them, and nobody says like, "Let's not do that because this is fucking smoke monster, right?" <laughs> like they just they don't say anything. Like why is nobody talking to anybody around here? You're all in the same shit together. Start talking, you'll survive a lot better. Like
1: Ginny, why did no one check on Ginny in her first year? Yeah. Oh, Ginny, maybe stop writing down in a book that's speaking back to you. That's bad. Let's go tell someone.
0: But I have to say that on the flip side of that, so, you know, as we said, I teach martial arts, and there's you know, we have kids in the program all the time that might get bullied at school and things like that. and they feel embarrassed. That, you know, if they go tell somebody, but we always say the number one thing is you have to tell your teachers when you're at school and then immediately go home and tell your parents. And I think a smaller minority actually do do that and the rest just keep quiet. Whether it's the bully saying don't tell anybody or, you know, whatever, there's that point where they just feel embarrassed. They feel like they're going to get in trouble. They feel like it was their fault. So they don't say anything. And they keep quiet, and then they go through bad crap, and the parents can't help them. We say that all the time. Your parents are your number one backup. You have to tell them so they can help out, and they just don't.
1: Well, and then you have the flip side of that, where you have Draco Malfoy running around being a little shit, going, wait till my father hears about this. It's like, do you want to be like Draco? Draco? Or do yeah. you want to be like Harry?
0: Right. So you don't want to be seen as the Tattletale.
1: Yeah, exactly. Right. So
0: that's that's another reason you don't say anything. So you're not helping the st- you're not helping anybody because you're not saying anything, but you don't want to be the Tattletale. So that's you know that's real. That really happens. And
1: then the one time Neville tries to step up and be brave and say, "No, I'm not going to let you go out there in the first book, Harry, and try to like stop Snape from getting the stone," which <clears throat> spoiler wasn't Snape. Quirrell had Voldemort on the back of his freaking head. Yeah.
0: Which is an interesting and really expensive pop figure, by the way. <laughs> I looked it up. Thank you for that eyeballs over there. Wait,
1: does uh, the turban get removed? Can you remove I the turban? I don't
0: think so. But they probably have awesome. a chase figure that has them on the but back that'd be of his awesome. head. awesome. I'll have to look that up. I'm very much into pop figures, as you may know. Um, I pick up odds and ends once in a while, but I mostly stick to the Big Bang Theory and The Office um, we'll talk about pop figures on another show. I can't wait. Um, but yeah, I was looking at the uh, Harry Potter ones today. Some of them are pretty expensive. Oh Some yeah, of the original stuff is up there. Um, I mean, yeah.
1: I have Hermione and I have Hermione as a cat.
0: Oh, you do have that yes. one.
1: Heck yeah.
0: yeah! Fantastic. That's probably a chase figure. I'm sure that's probably. Oh, yeah. Not a cheap one either. They
1: also. With the amount I have Hermione on my work keys, the amount of sanitizing we have done in the last year has erased Hermione's eyeballs and oh, now no. she looks like a zombie Hermione. It's kind
0: of <laughs> awesome. <laughs> That's fantastic. So, that actually leads into another question that I have is what kind of Harry Potter things do you own? Like, give me an array. You don't have to tell me everything, obviously, but give me an array of kind of things that you've purchased over the years or gotten as gifts.
1: Um, all right. So, Harry Potter Cookbook, highly recommend Make Harry's Cake around his birthday. I also have a friend who actually legitimately has Harry Potter's birthday so it's always kind of been a joke that we would get together and make Harry Potter's cake. He's not a Harry Potter fan but he would suffer through it for me. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Also, he'd probably get a half decent cake out of it. Um, Obviously, Tales of Beetle and the Bard, um, the book, the All the Me Undies Slytherin Collection. I do own Shout Out to Me Undies again. Yep excellent 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 i've got a couple of pop figures um i play a very slightly competitive harry potter gem game on my phone nice which i refuse to spend any money on so it takes me a really long time to get through levels because
0: you can go broke easy
1: yeah and like i don't want any extra help i don't want any extra lives if i'm gonna figure this out i'm gonna figure it out myself
0: yeah
1: so it's been taking me forever
0: and what's the favorite piece? What's your, like, your, your one piece you would never sell, you would never get rid of? Every time you move, it's coming with you.
1: Oh, definitely the book collection. Yeah. Um, I have every movie. Um, they're shoved somewhere. The books are <laughs> out prominent place in my room.
0: So, I mean, the movies you can stream... So yeah, exactly. You need to carry around the physical media, but same thing with the books. Obviously, you can read them on your phone or an iPad. Or Doesn't matter.
1: But. I got first. Ed- I have right. first editions. There you
0: go. That's I the have first right edition
1: yes. hardcover Harry Potter's. No. I My yeah. sister waited in lines for these books. Yep. My dad special ordered I've heard, me them. I've like heard the stories. <laughs> of course you have. You're married to my sister. Of right. course you've heard the stories. Yeah,
0: so, um, and, and nobody cares. Nobody gives a shit about the first edition DVDs. No, exactly. <laughs> nobody cares. Printing. Nobody cares.
1: Well, the first edition DVDs, can we even, like, they're not even Blu-ray. Ew.
0: Right. It's the same thing. Nobody cares about the first edition Blu-rays. They care about the first edition books. I agree. The books are, if you have first editions, that's the way to go. That's awesome. Um, all right. Is there any items you still want to get? Anything's on your, your list that you just haven't, you know, broken down and went and purchased? Or... You have one of the wands, don't you?
1: No, I do not have a wand. I thought you had a wand. No, I don't. No I wands. I might like to go, actually, to Harry Potter Universal and, like, get my own wand because yes. I do have a wand on Pottermore. Um, that is specific to me. Okay. I also have a Patronus that I'm, like, slightly proud of.
0: <laughs> Can we know what that is? Or? Yes. Uh. So
1: um, it's an eagle owl.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, because when everyone goes through the Harry Potter Patronus quiz, you have to pick stuff. And when everyone one of my friends was like, oh, yeah, stalk, prowl, or play, they were all like, yeah, play sounds good. And I was like, prowl. Let's freaking prowl. Gotcha. So, yeah, I went into the more predatory... Gotcha. ...type Patronuses. Fantastic.
0: All right. um, Let's go into some deeper stuff on the books themselves. So, Harry, kind of a sad character. We talked about, you know, kid under the the, uh, stairs. Um, When do you feel, like, the worst for him? Or do you feel, you know, and do you feel differently about it now?
1: Fifth book, definitely. Dumbledore is his... Father figure is ignoring him. Um, his connection to the wizarding world. This guy who showed up on his doorstep and was like, "Well, Hagrid actually showed up on his doorstep yep. to come and take him away." But like, this guy was like, "Yes, Harry, I knew your parents. Let me lead you through this and guide you through this." says this wise old man, grandfather that loves you. Dumbledore is <laughs> ignoring him because it just, just uses them. It just uses them. And Dumbledore, in the fifth book, Dumbledore is afraid of the connection between Harry and Voldemort. Um, the fact that Harry is ultimately a Horcrux and that Voldemort can use Harry and see what Harry sees. Up until that point, Harry has been having dreams and can see what Voldemort is doing. Mm -hmm. And Dumbledore's ignoring him. Oh, he gets Sirius back. Sirius initially kind of treats him like just another James, which is really shitty because Harry's not his dead dad. Harry is Harry. And I think that if Ramis could have had more time with Sirius to tell him to knock it the F off, um, Harry could have had some, a really good support system with the two of them. Yeah. But then, of course, Dumbledore locks Sirius away. And then as soon as Sirius dies, Dumbledore sends Ramus off to go, like, get the werewolves to be on their side. Which, if you've got... If anybody who read the books or watched the movie knows, you don't really mess with Fenrir Greyback. Because he's out there, you know, biting kids and turning kids into little feral werewolves. Mm -hmm. So really, the whole thought of getting a werewolf pack to go against the person who created them and who sired them, not really logical, Dumbledore. And if it's not logical, okay, so then you're just separating Harry from his resources. Right a really dark way to look at Dumbledore but I feel like it has to be done <laughs> but
0: it's honest it, it is true yeah it's true absolutely so going to the movies your thoughts obviously Richard Harris passed away and yes. so he could not continue the series what were your thoughts when he got replaced by Michael Gambon?
1: I hated it at first so did I uh I absolutely good. hated it I love the original Dumbledore yeah, I, I, think I love it Richard
0: it Harris as an actor more than um, so What do you I, I feel
1: was, like, about his better. delivery? Because I always felt his delivery was better.
0: Richard Harris. Yes. Yeah, it was absolutely better. I thought he was absolutely better. He was more believable. Um, I, I I felt like his delivery was far but I feel like um, Michael Gambit was more forced. Like he didn't, almost like he didn't feel comfortable with the role, and he wasn't that father figure to a certain no. degree. Like you know what I mean? Maybe that's the reason. Maybe that helped. Right, because he did turn into that guy who was just using him, right. So he seemed less, you know, warm and fuzzy, right. Whereas, whereas Richard Harris definitely seemed more he seemed caretaking more and, and caretaking.
1: He seemed more grandfatherly, but he also seemed bigger than life. It was like
0: oh, Dumbledore, the Defeater right.
1: of Gellard Grindelwald. Yeah, Michael
0: like he did not. He seemed more just like crotchety old man. You in know, in
1: sparkly robes.
0: Yes, that's it. So I definitely did not enjoy the you know again they would have done that had he not passed away but
1: yeah anyway yeah I was not a fan
0: no so speaking of which obviously we're talking about Richard Harris passed away what was the which death in the series hit you the hardest because it was a lot especially towards the end obviously like Dobby Dobby really Dobby that's probably not what I was thinking you were gonna say nope this is alright talk to me
1: Dobby um poor Dobby like you have to think about. Dobby was owned by Lucius Malfoy. First of all, that's terrifying. Sure. I would never want to be in Dobby's shoes. No. Um, well, he
0: wouldn't have had shoes, but that's okay.
1: Exactly. The poor man would <laughs> the Poor elf wouldn't have had shoes. Dobby was not allowed clothes. Right. Um, but just the psychological torture of being a being and having your own magic and that magic being used to serve others... And then feeling like you need to punish yourself if you go against your family. Mm-hmm. Like, just the mind fuck there. Yeah. Absolutely. But then Dobby breaks away from this. He's like, no, I am free. Harry Potter has freed me. I'm going to help him. I am Harry Potter's friend. And, like, that is the ultimate compliment to Dobby is that, like, you f- think of him as an equal.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and then he saves Harry and he takes... He saves Harry, Ron, and Hermione from Malfoy Manor in the seventh book. And he takes Bellatrix's cursed blade to his chest and, like, gives the ultimate sacrifice to get Harry, Ron, and Hermione to safety. Because, like, if Dobby didn't do that. Story over. <laughs> uh, like, Hermione would have been tortured to death and then given to Fenrir Greyback. Like, right. or she would have been tortured into insanity and then her body given to Fenrir. Like, that just would have happened. Right. Like, they were alluding to it anyways. Mm -hmm. Bellatrix was going to torture her until she figured out who had the real sword of Gryffindor. Like, Dobby saved them. And I'm pretty sure, like, if we can think about, well, how did Dobby know that they were there? Was it elf magic? Was it him, like, was it him knowing that Harry Potter was in trouble? But he knew Harry Potter was in trouble the whole time. My big question to everybody is, was it Severus? did Severus know that they were in trouble and send Dobby as help?
0: Right. So are there other, including that, are there other parts of the story that are still left unanswered for you? Like they're in the mysteries that, you know, that happens all the time, right? I re- referenced Lost earlier. There's a lot of parts and little storylines they left in that show that never got answered. In
1: the movies? Why the hell do we keep talking about Lily's freaking green eyes and then the, you show a child version of her and she's got brown eyes? Yeah. Don't do that!
0: I mean, CGI. You could at least CGI have the kids They like, seriously, eyes.
1: They <laughs> make, contacts, they make colored contact lenses. You're telling me it was that difficult?
0: Right. There's small details that...
1: That just did, annoys me. They do
0: me. get frustrating when they get left out like that. Like, who's not paying attention? We know there's film flubs and movie mistakes that happens all the time. Like, I'm a big fan of them. I love looking yeah, for them. But that like is that. like,
1: that is a character trait. Right. And like, way to make Harry's relationship with Ginny more creepy because... Jenny has brown eyes and red hair. Right. Creepy, creepy, creepy. Yeah,
0: and then when they leave out certain things like that and they, somebody's not paying attention and the, the little fine details that matter to the story, right? Movie yeah. mistakes, continuity mistakes that don't really matter, you, th- that's fine. You can, They're fun to look at and then you just move on. But when they really take you out of the story, because it's supposed to be there and they just left it out, super frustrating, super frustrating. I don't know why they couldn't go back in and... Well, George Lucas can go back in and change everything afterwards and make the kid have green eyes on the next Blu ray release.
1: Yeah, there we go. <laughs> he does um, everything else. I mean, I would really like to see, like, Andromeda Tonks, right? She loses her entire family to this war um, and to this whole idea of blood supremacy. Um, Bellatrix, obviously, crazy on the outside, crazy on the inside. She Andromeda Tonks was a black. She was one of the three black sisters. Narcissa is her little sister goes and marries Lucius Malfoy. Like hello blood supremacy over there. Her sister her other sister is thirsting after Voldemort like ew. Man it's got no nose and no shoes. Maybe you should stop. Um
0: you're really stuck on it. I'm really shoes.
1: I'm stuck on the nose and the shoes. Like I'm sorry. <laughs>
0: Get yourself some shoes. Get yourself Get a some shoes.
1: Or maybe, Get maybe be shoes. a little bit less obsessed with your snake. Like that's also very creepy. Then
0: make it into shoes. they M- make a delightful pair of shoes. Nangini
1: would make a delightful pair of shoes, and she could still be a Horcrux, and you could just keep the shoes with you. That's
0: right. You got the shoes on you all the time. There you go. Good...
1: You never would have died. There you go. Problem solved. <laughs> I love it. So, but like, so she goes and marries a Muggleborn Ted Tonks, and they have a daughter nymphadora poor poor nymphadora, that poor name um no wonder why she goes by tonks but tonks and her husband ramus they go off and fight in the battle after the battle of hogwarts who does andromeda have left her husband had to leave the wizarding world and was murdered by a raiding party of snatchers Her daughter dies with her son-in-law in the final battle. Bellatrix, crazy, lost her years ago to blood supremacy. The only living relative that this woman has is her sister, Narcissa. Who does do a good thing at the end. Yes, ultimately it is selfish, but like she lies so she can get into the castle to get her son back. But this woman's whole family's dead. And now she's left to raise a grandson in a world where he will never know his parents. Like, he will never know his parents. Like, you're making another world full of other little Harry Potters and other little Neville Longbottoms. Yep. And that's the other thing. You're telling me that we didn't know that Bellatrix and all her little gang were going to go out and sort of target Neville and his family as the other sort of, like, object of the prophecy? Yeah. You know Voldemort was never going to tell anyone who he was going to target. Of course, he targets the half-blood just like himself, and he goes after Harry. But you're telling me Dumbledore didn't think, hmm, maybe I should protect Alice and little baby Neville? Nah. That also doesn't sit right with me.
0: I think sometimes, though, they, they leave things like that where, you know, we see it from the outside point of view. And they say, you know, well, why didn't you do that? Why didn't you see that? You know, but they're taking it from their point of view. And would they actually see that? You know, it's almost that I should have said this. Yeah. I should have done this. The, the, the moment happens, you blow it. You don't say what you want to say. An hour later, you go, damn it, I should have said this. That, that would have been the way That's to literally
1: it. McGonagall dropping Harry off with Dumbledore on the stoop at the Dursleys going, I should tell him this is a bad idea. These people are mean. Yeah.
0: I, I liken it to somebody watching a boxing match or kickboxing match, you know, and they're they're complaining. They're sitting on their TV, eating pizza, you know, telling the guy to hit him, right, and, and, and how to do it. It's like, you're not the one sitting there getting your face punched in. You might not see what the camera can see yes, <laughs> from a different angle true. that the camera's looking at. You're not the one in the heat of the moment with somebody kicking and punching at you, trying to knock you out.
1: But then again, Dumbledore was built up to be this mythical man that had all the answers and was the savior of the light. You're telling me that this great puppet master wasn't seeing all these things? Well, then maybe he shouldn't have been in charge. Yep. Or maybe he shouldn't have just... It shouldn't have just been him in charge.
0: So if you listened to this podcast before, you know I am I have a big stickler for lazy writing. When you easily get out of something that makes no sense whatsoever... And you just work your way out because you just don't want to take the time to write a better way out. Is there anything like that in the series for you? Something that could have been dealt with better? uh, Or just kind of skimmed over and like, yeah, let's just get rid of this part of the story and move on.
1: I mean, there are probably many. I'm not remembering them now. I mean, canon is huge. Yeah. Canon is absolutely huge. So I will probably text you tonight with a bunch (laughs) of different things that we need to add in. Gotcha. Um... But right now off the top of my head, no.
0: Okay. That's all right. So I had another question for you on the relationships at the end. Like who should have, who do you feel should have ended up with who?
1: Oh, now right. that's going to get me in trouble. That's okay. None of my ships are really canon at all. Um.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. <laughs>
1: Uh, let's see.
0: So you must be a big fan of the fan, you know, uh, pages where people just oh, yeah. write in. Yeah. Fan oh, fiction.
1: Yeah. Um, so I, I mean, Harry and Ginny, it makes sense. Although. I
0: still find it weird.
1: I still think it's weird. Um, would I have liked to see Harry and Draco together? Because they're so obsessed with each other. Yeah. I feel like
0: the Harry-Ginny age difference.
1: It's only a year.
0: It still seems weird about it. Something about it. Like, Ginny always seemed a lot younger than the rest of them. And you know what I mean? Almost like it's your friend's little sister.
1: Well, that's exactly what it is. It's his friend's little sister. That's creepy. I mean. Right?
0: Like, I have friends, and I would never date younger or older sisters. You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: I mean, there's also the entire point. I saw a meme once that was like, you could look at the books as like, kid third wheels their friend's relationship for seven series. And it's like, yeah, Harry's the third wheel to the Ron Hermione. Yes. Um, but I mean, I also don't think Ron and Hermione make that good of a match. I'd rather have seen... No, I don't think so either. I'd rather have seen Harry Draco.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I personally would have liked to have seen Hermione Severus Snape.
0: There's a lot of fan fiction on that. Yeah, I know. I mean, obviously you talk about an age difference, but yes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I know. really weird. Um,
1: also I'd really like to see Remus Sirius together.
0: Illegal in most-
1: states it she was 18 by the time all this happened you gotta be legal 17 legal in the wizarding world just yeah but he sh- was dead <laughs> well yeah
0: so that made it also so that goes into a different legal problem oh gross well you said it
1: i mean there are a bunch of people who think mcgonagall and dumbledore should have ended up together but i like dumbledore as being gay um i like dumbledore as having sort of like that story arc mm-hmm. to him um I don't know. I kind of would have liked to see maybe a Minerva like death eater type situation. Like cuz you know, Minerva was she wasn't pure blood, but she knew enough of them going to school by being a half-blood.
0: You definitely have some different takes on it. That was awesome. <laughs> yeah,
1: no, let's see. Oh, I have more. I think I think Ron and Pansy would have been good together. Um Lavender definitely. I mean like I think that Ron needs someone to stroke his ego, and I don't think that that's Hermione.
0: She didn't for the entire series. No. Basically, she put him down or looked down on him because he really wasn't good at any of the magic or anything like that. So I she constantly snubbed her nose at him most of the time.
1: Emotional range of a teaspoon. Yeah, you don't just say that about anyone. Like yeah. Ron and Luna would have been better, for Christ's sake. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I think you're right. That to me was the weirdest. I think yeah. that was the like when you see the ending and they're together. I'm like.
1: I just it didn't like, make any sense you're holding her back, dude.
0: Yeah. And, and, you know, is it that sort of opposites attract? Is it that, you know, you've been pulling her hair for years? You know what I mean? So that means you like her. And, you know, there's that sort yeah. of underlying relationship that is blossoming, even though But also, if you liked
1: her that much, step up and say something, man.
0: That's easier said than done. I know. <laughs> That's way easier said well, than done. Especially when that person's been sort of sniping at you for years and putting you down a little bit. You know what I mean? Even if it was in a way of I'm putting you down because I like you, and but I don't know how to deal with my feelings.
1: Well, but and you, then you also kind do of
0: overcome s- that. And go okay. Well, then let's you know let's be together.
1: Well, when you also do stupid things like get mad at her about a broom stick. So okay, was it third book? Third book. Um, Sirius basically sends this anonymous package to Harry. Harry shows up with this really cool broomstick to finally take on Draco and the Slytherins. Like, ooh, yes, yes. Hermione reports them to McGonagall. Why? Because a fucking mysterious package from no one shows up to the boy that's been attacked the past two years. No one? And everyone gets mad at her for telling someone about it. Like, they got mad at her over the dumbest things. Also, Ron, get over yourself. Hagrid showed Harry that the dragons were there. Not your brother, not your family. Why are you getting mad at Harry? Because some crazy old man put his name in a goblet of fire. It's not Harry's fault. Right.
0: Agreed. So which plot line or storyline I think hit you by the most by surprise? You didn't see coming, right? A lot of times we can see stuff writing on the wall, like you said. They're writing about this. You can see it's coming down the pike. Which one did you get come out of left field for you?
1: Looking back on it, definitely Severus being of the light, like until we got to the very end. Right. Like I was very so they, she
0: played that very she well. She played
1: that so well. Yeah. She played that so well. But also just like Narcissa just being like, No, he's dead.
0: Yeah. But going back to Snape though, did it seem like reading back on it there's no inclination. Right there's yeah. nothing to tell you. There's no hints that maybe he is. So when it did happen, did it seem real? Right. Sometimes you need to buy in beforehand and go back and go. Oh, I didn't see that. That makes sense. So now you had no inclination prior to, and all of a sudden, boom, he is. Does that seem okay, or was it so weird?
1: I mean, I just totally, unreal? I just totally accepted it and said, Oh yes, of course, this makes sense. But. I mean, looking back on it, like, I think there may have been hints. Like, just the way that he went after and targeted Harry was not normal. It's not. It's not normal.
0: But he had all the opportunities to take him out.
1: Well he did, and that's the other thing is that like but he didn't but he didn't.
0: But he didn't do it. And I
1: think that's the biggest thing is like if he was truly if if he was was truly working for Voldemort and was evil, there were many times that he could have taken Harry out. There were many times that he could have that he could have done stuff. I think one of the biggest indicators to me was in the seventh book when, you know, you have the carrows, you have these basically Voldemort lieutenants running the school and torturing kids. And so Snape is the headmaster and he's evil and he's Voldemort's right hand, but yet he's sending all of the, all of the Gryffindors and all of the, and all of the students who are not Slytherin or all of the students to serve detention with heads of house and not the Carrows. Right. So that right there you know, is protection.
0: Right, and you're looking at it back like he was such an ass to him, especially in the beginning. Yeah. Was he just testing him and training him, right? Sometimes exactly. You, you do that to train the person to strengthen them we do, I do it all the time teaching. You know, I mean, I find the kid who has the biggest flinch, or teenager, not the kid, but the teenagers who have the biggest flinch reaction, and I use them as you know demonstration people the most, right? Not because I want to see them twitch, because I want them to get the over being twitchy, right? Because if they get to a self defense situation, someone's gonna hit you. You can't flinch. You can't twitch. You're gonna get killed if you do. So it's trained slowly and gradually over time. Do not think about that anymore and get that out of you. So if somebody in the street actually hits you for real, you know your instructor's been doing it for you for years, so it doesn't bother you anymore. And it works. I've seen people, you know, but it, you can't do it overnight. It takes Snape years. Snape
1: did that with Neville. Right. Yeah, see, just more reasons why Severus is the best. There it's you fine. go. It's fine. James <laughs> Potter's it. James Potter and Sirius are rolling in their graves. It's fine. <laughs>
0: there you go. That's awesome. All right, so we're coming up on the end. Um, We've done almost an hour, and that's awesome. So, But I want to ask one bigger question for you. Overall, what does Harry Potter and the series everything really mean to you in your life? Hmm.
1: Really you're really coming with these with these questions, I, Marco.
0: I really did. All I right. really put my research in on this one.
1: Okay. I think that the series means to me overall, I mean it's an escape. It's magical. It is it's everything that you want in a coming of age story. It is a kid persevering over incredible odds. It is magic. It's discovering a new world. It's discovering who you are through trial and tribulation it gives you everything. It gives you all of these early milestones. It also gives you, it brings in like your first sort of like, if you've never had a close relative die before then and then you read about a character dying in a book or a movie that you really love, like, wow, that hits different. I think that it's sort of like, it hits all of those milestones of being like this absolute monstrous coming of age tale. I mean, Harry goes through an odyssey to get to where he is and to learn that like this voice inside of his head and this thing that he's been fighting all his life isn't really it's not really him it's a piece of someone else's soul embedded inside of him like that's just that's crazy i love it i absolutely love it
0: fantastic that was awesome thank you sam so much for being in today Hopefully we'll be able to do more of these with you uh, if you'd like to come back on other things you're passionate about. But I knew if I had to do a Harry Potter one, there was nobody else I was going to go to.
1: No. I think we need to do a part two.
0: (laughs) We might have to do a part two. We might have to do a part two. That would be a bad idea. But I want to thank you. Uh, I want to thank everybody else for listening to the podcast. Uh, hopefully you've enjoyed today as much as I did. And um, just look for us anywhere online. We're at all of our social media at, at Entertainment Rants. And on Twitter, we're at Entertain Rants. We'd love to hear from you. We want to connect with you. want to engage with you. So send us a line on anything you'd like to, us to rant about. Uh, feel free to look us up on our website. It's EntertainmentRants.com. Our email is Engage at EntertainmentRants.com feel free to send us a note something we can talk about if you'd like to be a guest on the show to talk about something you're passionate about we would love to hear from you uh, and of course reviews are super helpful if you've enjoyed today's podcast please write us a review on either apple or stitcher or anywhere they have reviews and we'll read it on one of our shows we'd love to hear from you guys so as always we want to talk, thank you guys and go out there and keep ranting bye everybody
1: bye